host, Shelby and Matt. Yeah, and I've officially decided that quarantine is, like, getting old now, you know? Oh, yeah, there yeah. was There's been various phases of it where, like, early on, it was weird, and then I sort of was yeah. like, oh, this has some perks, and now I'm just fully <laughs> exhausted by quarantine. I'm like, I've done everything that I've wanted to do during this period. Like, I'm I'm ready <laughs> for something new. all the fast food joints and gotten all the cheesecakes. Like, what else is there? Yeah, and I also feel like there was something where about where like okay, everybody is in this together and everyone mm-hmm. online is like, "Oh, we're all staying in place." Like everybody's in the room, everyone's miserable and it's like, "Oh, who's the most miserable?" You know, it's sort of like a fun thing. Yeah. Where now it's like all of these other places are starting to open up. I don't know how, how this is for you, but New York mm-hmm. is like fully the same as it has been for the last <laughs> couple months and will be for quite some time. But it's like I go yeah. on Instagram and I am not even joking. I was on there, I think yesterday, and I was going through people's stories, and this video popped up of someone getting a pedicure at like <laughs> a actual spa, you know, like yeah. a salon, and there's like another human being touching her feet. And I was like, oh, this must be a, you know, like throwback Thursday. I can't wait to get a pedicure, or whatever. No. This woman lived in Cleveland, and she was actually getting a pedicure. And I was like, how this is insane. How is yeah. this open now? But I guess it's just like in <laughs> it's different just places. White people can't handle being told what to do, I guess. They just can't physically But I don't think this was illegal. Like I think this oh, no, was I, I think this business is open. <laughs> yeah, no. A, a bunch of states just are opening up because they're I mean, this isn't a political podcast, but I could go on a rant. But Like, Texas is opening up, and, like, I'm not stepping foot into a single one of these restaurants that are like, oh, we're we're at 25% capacity, and so it's fine. I'm like, I know how AC works. I know what's happening in here. Everyone's breathing. I don't want to be anywhere near these people. I don't know what they've been doing, how, how much they've been quarantining. So I'll wait and see if there's, like, a second wave and... I'm just a hermit now, I guess. I'm just a crotchety old (laughs) withered away soul who just is like, I don't trust people. (laughs) I'm not even that worried about it necessarily. (laughs) I'm just like, you guys, I thought we were all in this together. And now apparently we're not. Yeah, that's too bad. But it's it's like part jealousy, but then also part like. But this does seem crazy, guys. Like, (laughs) this is a lot. Like, I've seen a lot of people posting about what they're doing for Memorial Day. Oh, they're going here. (laughs) They're going here. They're doing this. I'm sort of like, okay. um, I I mean, I have a four-day weekend. And I'm like, what the heck am I supposed to do? (laughs) Like, can I bank these days off and use them later, please? You should actually present that option. I mean, it is, it's crazy. And it's weird to see some cities and states still very much in lockdown, like LA and New York, and then others who are like, I got to get to Red Lobster today and like <laughs> going on these huge um, riots to get their nails done and their haircut. So I want a haircut so world. badly. Yeah. <laughs> so bad. Yeah. Mm. I mean, New York's probably, yeah. I mean, do you have any, any idea? Like, is anything moving there? I mean, so New York State has these, uh, there's like seven criteria that you have to meet in order to open back up. And there's 10 different regions. So I think five of them are like starting the opening process. Two of them are almost 
at that point. But we, New York City, which is the region by itself, has only met three of the seven criteria. So it's Six. like, and once we hit that, then then the only things that open up are like manufacturing, <laughs> you know, construction. It's like not even good things. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, if we have to wait till we meet all these criteria and then get, then you go through these four rounds, which I think are each a couple weeks long. I'm like, it's going to be forever until they get the hair salons open. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. I mean, even looking at like the movies and movie theaters, like um, Christopher Nolan is still insisting on opening Tenet in July. And LA has kind of locked down until August, I think. And then New York's not opening. And those are two major movie markets. So it's like, will he actually hold out and insist on that? Or will that too get pushed back? Well, I guess let's talk about that or whatever. You can dive into that story first. Um, Because I had it on my list of things to talk about too. Yeah, so it's supposed to come out July 17th. And I, I mean, I do feel like there's these different scenarios where, okay, they're starting to open places up right now. So if everything opens and there's not a lot more cases, you know, and it continues to go down, then July 17th is two months away. So you do think like, okay, if things are continuing to go down, then by that point, at least a lot of the country can be open. Um, Now, granted, if there's, you know, a relapse or a surge or whatever, then we're in a whole different boat. (laughs) But there hasn't really been any evidence of that happening yet, at least like not concretely. It's been open, but yeah. (laughs) But like not in like a huge, you know, like. Yeah, yeah, no, they've been able to maintain care and. uh, Yes. Yeah. So, and the thing is like, Yes, for them opening, is Tenet's opening going to be as big of an opening as it would have been if there was no coronavirus? Probably not. But the other thing you have to think about is that there's going to be next to nothing in theaters for months (laughs) after that. So this isn't something where like Tenet comes out and then a week later, oh, no one's going to see it anymore. This is something where Tenet could be in the theater from July 17th to, you know, like mid-October before it gets bumped (laughs) out. So if it's the first thing that hits theaters, it could be making a lot of money, even if there are still cities that aren't fully opened or there's not stuff that's out yet. So it's a weird like situation to be looking at. I guess. Well, what am I supposed to do if Texas opens up and New York doesn't? Like, do I just kick you off the show? Like, find a new co-host? Like, what? Because I'm not going to keep watching these Netflix movies if I can help it. I mean, here's the thing. (laughs) If it's open someplace else, I think I might be able to find a way, you know? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, yeah. You got your system in place. Okay, fine. I feel like theaters are the one thing that I'm like... I would break my social distancing for or my quarantine for because, um, yeah, movie theater. I mean, restaurants kind of gross me out. I don't really feel the need to get a haircut or like uh, uh, like go to a nail salon, which are already like yucky places to begin with. And theaters are indeed yucky, but I feel like it's like low contact where it's like if AMC was like, oh, we clean it, we clean it thoroughly. And I came in with some some like uh, hand sanitizer and I just sat for two hours. I feel like. I feel like I'd be okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I definitely think so. I mean, I was going to <laughs> movies that like last week before everything shut down and everyone was like, I can't believe you're doing it. And it's like most theaters, there's not that many people in 
anyways. Like you're rarely in a theater that's like packed. So you can sit a couple seats from somebody without too much difficulty, I think. And even more so now that this is happening. And yeah, like if they're wiping down chairs and stuff afterwards um, and you like bring some wipes and Purell yourself (laughs) afterwards and aren't touching your face, like I think you'll be fine. I mean, yeah, I'll just bring like a tarp and lay it out over the seat and just. Yeah. I mean, the concessions maybe, but even if you think about that, like the popcorn there, I mean, they're scooping it up or whatever. (laughs) Um, The Slurpee's in the machine. So, I mean, it's in the machine. (laughs) We're just like getting, we're just drooling. I think ice freezes the (laughs) disease maybe if it's in there between the Coke and the ice and it's, and it's, but it's moving around a lot. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. I mean, it's really anyone's bet at this point. I've stopped believe I've stopped having hope for anything. <laughs> I'm just Yeah, you've been in like a inside. mild depression, I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just sent I just send texts into the void. It's like yeah. I, I send a text and all of a sudden they just like trail off. I'm like, Shelby, <laughs> Shelby, are you with us? Where'd you go? Oh, oh it's like nope, weird. I've gone. actually gotten worse at texting since this happened because I'm just yeah, I don't know what it is. I just have some sort of You're in like a I'm catatonic like, state on your oh God, couch to it mattress. I have nothing but time. <laughs> <laughs> and then like weeks pass and I realize I never replied to my mom. But anyways, <laughs> we're all figuring it out. Um there is some uh less pleasant news, I guess, in the Bachelor oh, world. Fun. Oh, yes. I saw this, yeah. Yeah. Hannah Brown, who was the most recent Bachelorette. So before you watched, she was in the she was the season. Yeah, but she watched. showed up a couple of times in the <laughs> yeah, season yeah. that I watched. <laughs> oh yes, yeah. Windmill Hannah. And we've talked about her because she was quarantining with Tyler C, who's another alum and like blah, blah, blah. But she has been back home in Alabama. So just painting you a picture here where she's from. Um, She was on her Instagram live. Yet another reason to never do one. And she was singing along to a song that has the N word in it. And she she sort of she sang it and she sort of mumbled over the N word like she didn't fully commit. But you can still you can still hear every syllable and she drops the hard R. It's not a great look. It's very uncomfortable, especially since she had skipped over an F word very easily in the song earlier. So people immediately jumped on her and were like, um, you just sang the N word and like have no shame about it. Like what on earth? And she kind of had this sort of drunken, like live reaction where she's like, Oh, I don't think I did. I mean, I mean, maybe I did. I'm so sorry. I never say that. I never say that to anyone. But like, I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like, maybe I did. (laughs) Which no one thought was a worthy apology. So about a day later, she takes to her Instagram stories and on a nice um, black background with white font, she writes a little paragraph that was like, that is inexcusable. I'm so sorry. I can't believe I did that. There's no words to, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I'm learning whatever (laughs) and then people were like this isn't a great apology either but things got even messier because Rachel who was a previous bachelorette and the only black bachelor there's ever been who has sort of been tokenized by the uh, franchise and she's spoken out about how she feels about that before but she took to Instagram live like a day after this and was like you guys have all been like coming at me about the situation and wanting me to respond and stuff which is annoying because I'm not like here to 
I'm not like <laughs> the black person in the franchise yeah. who needs to speak for all black people everywhere. But she says um, she had to speak out because after seeing this happen and seeing everyone come at her wondering what she thought, she decided instead of like, you know, adding to the pile on on Hannah, she would reach out to Hannah directly. And so she tells the story on her live where she's like, I called Hannah to try and talk this through and help her see how she could apologize for it and like what that word means for people and like why people are all upset and why she shouldn't have said that, blah, blah, blah. And I told her that the best, the the only acceptable apology would be if she has the balls to like say it on a live with her face. And so she kind of drags Hannah, rightfully so, I think, for just hiding behind this generic text apology instead of, you know, if she had the balls to say the N-word on an Instagram live, the least she can do is come on Instagram live and say sorry to everyone with her the actual face. And so that was like a whole thing. And people started attacking Rachel. Like, why do you care? Why do you care? It's it's in a song lyric. It's not like she called someone that. And then she had to explain like, okay, guys, like <laughs> here's racism 101. This word means different things if white people are saying it. So just don't say it. And then a bunch of Bachelor alums had to get involved, including Tyler C., who had to, who was like, yeah, all. Which one's he? He's the one who was quarantined with Hannah for a little bit and is like, oh, loved, yeah, handsome. He dated Gigi Hadid for like a stint. Oh, yes, 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 yes. And so he was like, yeah, Hannah Brown's learning, growing. We all need to give love. But she was so wrong to say this. We should never say this. And Rachel is right in everything she said. And so now people are like, oh, my gosh, is love dead? <laughs> Which oh, is my not word. the issue. But Bachelor is going through it right now. And it's just like it's 2020, you know, people just need to stop. White people just need to stop saying the N word. I know? mean, OK, so I have a, I have a couple of thoughts. Number one. Yeah. Instagram live is a not <laughs> like especially if you're a famous person, you go on yeah. Instagram live. It's like nothing is prepared. You can't edit it at all. And then whatever happens like is out there forever because, you know, that people are like screen recording the entire thing. So it, it I feel like if I was a celebrity, I would not be going on there unless I had like <laughs> very specific things that I was going to be doing. And I mm. definitely would not be going on there if I was at all like drunk or you know not fully yes yes like i would be like okay we're only going on this if i have like a product launch or something you know and i'm like in a studio we got some cue cards going like that's what i'm here for yeah for sure number two i think that's the same reason why you don't do an apology over Instagram live. Like sure. Maybe she said it over that, but I think, yeah, for her and her team, you want to have, you want to be able to write something that isn't going to, I mean, people are going to pick it apart anyways, but if you go on Instagram live and are talking, you might end up like saying, saying something (laughs) incorrectly. Well, I mean that, but also just like, you know, you could easily say something and like use a weird wording and then have somebody write a think piece about how terrible you are. I mean, they're going to do that anyways. So I think like, yes, you want to, like I don't, I don't think she's wrong for not going back on Instagram Live. I mean, that just feels like another ring more, of fire to be jumping through. Well, yeah, but I think that's the point. Is it's a, it's you're not going live because you're scared of any fallout that might come. But it's like you should have, you know, the courage to at least, if you really are apologetic, then you should be brave enough to say so, instead of being like, oh well, I'm scared of the cancel culture more than I am worried that I hurt people with racist statement. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I think that's 
Because you could end up saying something even worse accidentally. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, she can prepare a statement. She can have a script. And just statement. like get on and read a statement. Yeah. I mean, just. But just yeah. read it in a video instead of <laughs> post it on. Like if she had gotten on Instagram live and just read what she had written, you would have liked that more. Yeah, I think it's I think Rachel had an interesting point where she's like, you said it live, like at least face people instead of, you know, anyone could have written that anyone could have said that like, it's just like, it's just lazy. It's just pulled right from the apology handbook on social media. And yeah, it may be meant that the that the hatred blew over faster. But is that really the moral of the story? Or should she truly be apologetic? And I mean, willing to deal with the controversy? She's going to have to deal with this in <laughs> live settings in the future anyways. Yeah. I mean, so I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I guess I can see it both ways, but I'm also not like that. Of all the things to be concerned about in this story, that is like the least <laughs> of my worries of like, well, was the statement online? Yeah. Because ultimately, I do feel like that there is a thing where, okay, yes, yeah, someone says something inappropriate and then they have an apology. Well, because they did the inappropriate, they because they did the bad thing we want to not we we want to like sort of discredit their apology which i mean i think in a lot of ways it is like a pr thing but i think that no matter what people do in a lot of situations people sort of are like well this is a pr apology we know it's going to be before it ever even happens so no matter how you say it or what you do with it we're going to you know point that out unless it's some very you know, well-crafted something or another. But I feel like those are few and far between. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. He nailed Uh, Honestly, yes. A role model for (laughs) our times. Yeah. Uh, Well, do you have any non-racism-related stories to share? I mean, yes. Um, (laughs) I don't know if you saw this study came out on which uh, movie stars swear the most. And apparently... Jonah Hill is the is the movie star that has the most swear words. He has mm. sworn three hundred and seventy six times in movies. Wait, um, that's it? Apparently, I thought they swore like three hundred times in Wolf of Wall Street alone. Wolf of Wall Street has seven hundred and fifteen swear words. It is the movie with yeah. the most swear words, <laughs> but he only says half of them. Oh, you know, okay. because there's other people saying them. He, they did this whole thing where they looked through all their movies. Jonah Hill swears 22.9 times for every 1,000 words he has in a movie. The That's second cool. place person is Samuel L. Jackson, That's and he only say, has 6.9 yeah. swear words for every 1,000 words in movies. So mm, it's interesting. The five movies with the most swear words are Wolf of Wall Street, Uncut Gems, Casino, <laughs> something I've never heard called Jay and Silent Bob Strike Again, <laughs> and then Fury, which I, is that like Brad Pitt tank movie, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, So yeah. Interesting. interesting. I guess I'm still surprised because it seems like seems like Jonah Hill got a lot of his work done in Wolf of Wall Street, whereas Samuel L. Jackson has spread it over every movie he's ever been in. So I feel like I'd still give the honorary title to Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, I don't know if maybe there's just a lot of movies that Samuel L. Jackson (laughs) doesn't swear in that he's in. You know what I mean? Like he's not swearing, obviously, in Marvel movies and stuff. So I don't know where Jonah Hill, I feel like, has a number of movies where he's swearing like crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Well, good for him. He swears a ton in Superbad. Who's the dirtiest, dirty mouth? woman 
You know what? Honestly, I don't. Uh, I didn't see that as a stat, so I don't know if they didn't separate them out or there just wasn't yeah. any in like the top, however many. I mean, do you? Can you think of someone who you'd be like, oh, this is the person, like Amy Schumer um, or something, maybe? But like, no, she's been in like one movie. Well, right. That's what know. I'm trying to think. Though, it's like who, like who do you think of? Like as oh, this person has a dirty mouth. I guess that's a fair question. I don't know, but I think they sexism right there. Out. Women <laughs> should be able to swear. The, yeah. Hannah the, Brown's the trying stat. it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I feel like all my stories revolve around racism somehow, except for the one bit of. <laughs> strangely good news this afternoon Rooney Mara and Joaquin Phoenix are expecting a baby together so another another celebrity pregnancy that (laughs) that baby's gonna have a weird name you know it's gonna be such a weird (laughs) baby with a weird name weird name you know which I still don't know do you know how to pronounce that no I think it's like I don't know I don't remember. I've seen tons I was, of memes about it, so I can't parse out what's fact from fiction. Yeah, because I was looking at like how they like the reason why it has that name, but then I couldn't figure out how to actually like pronounce it. And yeah. I don't. I think when I was looking at that though, they hadn't like released everything, so I don't know if that has come out since of like how to pronounce the name exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. I have no idea. The only other thing that I was going to talk about is just that all of these reality shows are having to figure out ways to do their finales live (laughs) in ways that aren't their traditional format. So like the Survivor finale was this past weekend. And, uh, you know, usually they air the final episode, but all the contestants are like out in this state like theater in Los Angeles and they ask them questions afterwards and and they don't know who wins until that moment. There's like a live reading of the votes and confetti. And, you know, it's like very big oh, and exciting. And so in this, instead, it was just all of the contestants on like a zoom call, basically. <laughs> and they just scrapped the reunion altogether. So you saw about five seconds of everybody like sitting in their living room, waving. Then they just mm-hmm. aired an extra long episode. And then at the end, they only had the three finalists who are all like sitting awkwardly in couches by themselves. <laughs> and then they read the, you know, uh, votes and one of Amazing. them wins the money. It was just so like awkward and unclimactic. <laughs> but the thing that is more interesting to me is that RuPaul's Drag Race, the finale, is in two weeks. And for that, they usually do this big, like, lip-sync battle uh, between the final four contestants. And I don't know how they are going to do that in any compelling way with everybody, like, in their house. You know what I mean? Like, I think that there's yeah. just going to be a, a not-that-much-spectacle of, like, a drag queen <laughs> lip-syncing to a song in her living room by herself. Like, what I just... So I don't know what they're going to do for that, but I'm intrigued to see. Yeah. I um I saw you live-tweeting Survivor, and it seemed like it was a pretty long show, so... Was oh, it yeah, like it was hours? it was three hours. The finales well, are always three hours. You didn't complain about that? I mean, you gave a lot of flack for every Bachelor episode. <laughs> There's there's one three-hour <laughs> finale on Survivor. Every other episode is one hour, and then there's a three-hour finale. Yeah, the yeah. Bachelor, every <laughs> week, it was a two-hour episode. Some weeks, there was more than one episode. <laughs> and then the finale was like three days. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, this reminded me. I read this interesting article, and I didn't uh, remember to add it to my notes, so I don't remember 
who it was from or any of that, but it was an interesting think piece about how um, sitcoms are going to choose to portray COVID in their shows. Like, are they either just going to pretend they exist in a, a different timeline where COVID never happened in the real world? Are they going to work it into the conversation is like, oh my gosh, remember COVID? Are they going to have episodes that feature COVID? And I'm curious what your preference would be. I mean, I feel like out of sight, out of mind, I never want to think about COVID again, but it is interesting that, you know, arguably a lot of sitcoms or these sort of television shows take place in the real world. So shouldn't they reference such a huge historical moment? I mean, I guess like in some ways, yes, but also, you know, lots of shows like have a have like a different president or a different, you know, like I don't most most sitcoms, at least I feel like are are not set in like the exact real world where they're dealing with like the issues of the day. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? They're not like mm-hmm. that closely tied to real life events. So I could easily see them not doing it or doing some kind of like sort of COVID E episode that's not like coronavirus. You know what I mean? That's like right. the town has a disease and we have to, everybody has to shelter in place for like an episode. I would find it very difficult to believe that any show that's currently on the air would do like a, eight week arc or something where <laughs> all of the people are in shelter in place like that just yeah. does not seem that interesting to me I could however though see some kind of sitcom in the future that is like a coronavirus sitcom where like oh, that's please, the no. theme is that it's like somehow like like it's like a weird situation where it's like oh cousin Greg's in from out of town or whatever but like oh shoot now we're all stuck in the same house together like I could see that kind of thing but I think that would come later I don't think yeah, they'd add that to an actual hate show. Corona inspired show or movie. Like slipping it in an episode, maybe I'll allow it, but like a whole new product, like, no, get that out of here. I don't want it. You say that now, but I feel like <laughs> like give it, you know, uh, some time and people will be more into it. <laughs> okay, maybe. Well, in the meantime, what have you been loving or hating that you've been watching? Um, okay. So I have been going through watching all of the movies that the Wachowskis have directed, Lannon, Lily, Wachowski, mm-hmm. they did The Matrix is their like biggest one. But so I've been watching through those. And last night I watched Jupiter Ascending for the first time, the 2015 <laughs> uh, movie. And it was a wild ride and just the perfect amount of bizarreness that I loved. It's <sighs> like an outer space opera starring Mila Kunis and Channing Tatum and Eddie Redmayne doing one of the wildest characters that I've seen on screen. He sort of like talks like this the entire time and is like sort of looks like he's had a lot of Botox done. It's just it's such a weird movie but so fun and watchable (laughs) I thought it's on Netflix and I was just eating it up I was like this is great like this is the level of insanity that I am excited to have in my life during coronavirus you know have you seen Jupiter Ascending no Rob and I though did cave and watch Alita Battle Angel because there's like this whole pocket on Twitter that's obsessed with that movie yes I was Mm -hmm. like well maybe it's good it was not good we did not enjoy it 
I feel like it's probably similar because I know yeah. that there's lots of people who hate Jupiter ascending, but then there's also people on Twitter who are like, this is great. Yeah. And I am now one of those people. So yeah, exactly. So I think we just know where we'll fall on that one. Channing Tatum is like half is like a half wolf person. He has like flying boots that he can like, oh, they're like no. levitate boots and he flies around. Yeah. The whole, wow. the whole premise, which is, also really interesting oh, is that okay. oh yeah is that <laughs> there's this like rich family this like aristocratic outer space family and the way that they can stay young is by like killing all the people on an entire planet and like using their bodily fluids to sort of like Ew. keep themselves alive but there's this weird thing that happens where people die and then like a doppelganger of themselves is reborn somewhere else in the universe and so these rich families will like in their will leave all of their belongings to like this doppelganger version of them that will come up like not remembering anything and so Mila Kunis is the doppelganger of this like dead rich mother and so all three of her like children are fighting to try to like screw over Mila Kunis in this will because she obviously doesn't know anything and is just like a random cleaning lady on earth and then is like sucked up into this big outer space drama and it was very entertaining so (laughs) you know I don't know who this recommendation is for but it's for somebody maybe someone out there will send you an email being like me too you know (laughs) yeah or leave a review because we don't have a review and honestly (laughs) we could use one yeah um well i've been watching so much i was it's sort of like i don't know which one to talk about but i wanted to do an episode about this but i didn't give you enough warning i guess to watch two seasons so (laughs) um dead to me came out with their second season on netflix this is the um christina applegate and uh um linda carda cardellini netflix show that is so fun and i love it so much basically the premise is about the this weird friendship that sparks between these two women even though one of them's harboring a very dark secret about the other one's life and so the first season's sort of a mystery of figuring out what happened to christina applegate's husband and like all this stuff goes wrong and blah 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 and so the second season just came out this uh last week on my birthday actually so (laughs) hurrah for me and it's it picks up right after season one and the best thing about this is like one it's very like female centric you know obviously you have these two main stars it's written by a woman produced by a bunch of different people but mostly women and the script is just so fun and fresh and oh my gosh actually christina applegate could probably hit the list for most swear words um if they involve tv shows because this is a very f-word heavy show there's a lot of tension and anxiety that's released through heavy swearing and it is so fun they have such great chemistry as these little as these friends these best friends who are kind of a little bit toxic for each other but also like you're rooting for them and you also have this fun twist with james marsden character who's the villain in the first one and then (laughs) season two he comes back but he's the twin brother who's sort of derpy and sweet and so you get more james marsden which is always a delight and i just think obviously season one was maybe the stronger one but season two really holds its own like it is just 
it's fun. It's sort of anxiety inducing, but it's also like, you know, <laughs> less high stakes than Ozark or something. So I have nothing but good things to say about this and just the little choices in the production and the and the scenes and everything is just it's so refreshingly <laughs> female and I just love it. it I've, I've heard nothing but good things about it and it's on my list of things mm-hmm. to watch <laughs> at some point especially because I think it'll probably be nominated for some Emmys so you know I'll have yeah. to polish it off before then but yes I have not gotten to it yet I'm watching the um, Michael Jordan documentary series what also very good (laughs) why on earth what are you into basketball no but i am into this this is amazing has rob watched it yes we have sat through all 10 episodes oh my gosh i love it i am obsessed with the last dance it's so good i don't even think it's that well done of a documentary it's too confusing it's obviously biased there's weird time jumps that are just like why did they do it this way whatever i, I mean to me is better I, I mean okay sure i'll i'll keep that in mind when we uh get to it but yeah. also i think you could be biased towards the last dance just in general i mean, I mean i'm not like anti-sports just because i don't know about them but like it was no just, but it wasn't it's as entertaining like, as i expected it's very it's very like like male like energy (laughs) you know like a lot of guys like old guys Uh talking about the glory days i wouldn't necessarily be like ah yes this is a shelby endorsed pick right here yeah well anyways um i just wanted to offer a correction that dead to me season one was nominated for an emmy award and you still didn't watch it so what What was it nominated for well was it it nominated nominated for for best Best comedy actress no Oh, well, you know, d- d- down the down the lineup. <laughs> I mean, and also Mrs. Maisel's been nominated for a whole lot of things yeah, that we haven't watched yet. So <laughs> it's not in the Kaminsky Method yeah. and whatever Better Call Saul. So right. we, I'm not watching everything, but <laughs> Dead to Me, it, if it gets nominated for Best Comedy, I think it, it, there's a manageable amount of, <laughs> of material there that I could watch it okay, before the Emmys. Yeah, 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 for sure. I, well, I just couldn't our, polish uh, it off in three days. Yeah. <laughs> Our episode this week might still uh, feature an Emmy Award winning um, film, possibly. <laughs> Who knows? You know? Something yeah, to talk yes. about for sure. I know. We're talking about <laughs> The Wrong Missy, which was number one mm. on Netflix. So we know that you watched it. And we watched it. Uh, we're not going to say whether we loved it or hated it. Mm-hmm. Um but we will get to that on Thursday. So join us then. And until then, you can follow us on social media. We're at PSU Wrong on Gmail or on email and what am I even saying? <laughs> on Twitter, on Instagram, yeah, and our yeah. email account is PSUWrong <laughs> at gmail.com. I'm losing my mind. Yeah. Matt doesn't have friends and he doesn't have human contact. So all he gets are emails and podcast reviews. So be sure to leave yes. us a nice note on Apple Podcasts so that Matt can have something to read. Yes, you're my lifeline, everyone. Um, Okay, we'll be back on Thursday. Bye.